Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So as we start our morning session together, you can just notice how it is in the body as you're sitting here. So we're practicing being embodied. Bringing awareness to the body. And practicing mindfulness of the body. And mindfulness can also be called a heartfulness. So awareness with the heart and mind. So as we practice the awareness, the main object that we'll be using is the experience in the physical body. The question we're asking with awareness is, what's happening now? And we answer that through direct experience, through a direct knowing. So you can go through the body as we begin and notice if there's tension in the body. So you can start with the face and the head. Notice if there's tension around the eyes or the jaw. If there's, you can just very gently see if you can relax that. Just as we start our sitting. Sometimes an easier way to relax it is take an in-breath and on the out-breath just try to let the muscles relax a little bit. Take another in-breath and then you can notice the muscles around the shoulders neck. Maybe on the out-breath you can let them just rest a little bit. You can notice your arms and hands. chest and belly. And your legs and feet. 
And then you can just feel the whole body breathing. Just sitting and breathing as it does naturally on its own. Some people find it helpful to use a practice of very quietly noting in the mind what it is that they're aware of. So for example, if you're using the experience of breathing as a place to rest the attention, as you're becoming aware of the breath, breathing in, you could note in or breathing in. And as you become aware of the breath going out, you could note out or breathing out. Most of the attention is on the direct experience in the body of the breath. It's a little bit going towards labeling, just to help frame what it is that we're aware of. And similarly, if the attention goes to thinking or hearing, you could just label that, thinking, planning, remembering, hearing. Then gently bring the attention back, connect again with the sense of the body breathing. Similarly, if there's a body sensation in another part of the body that becomes apparent to you, you could also see if you notice what that's really like beyond our ideas of it. So before we habitually itch or move or fidget, see if you can bring your attention to that area that might be itchy or fidgety and feel what it's actually like there can label that. It's a vibration, it's pulsing, it's heat, it's cold. There may be thoughts in the mind about it, but notice that as distinct from the direct physical experience.
noticing where your attention is.
by just being aware of what's happening in this moment. And just being very kind and patient if the attention seems to get lost. So our practice is just to come back, return, connect with the body. Doesn't matter how many times that we seem to get lost.
as we come to the end of our practice period, you'll hear the sound of a bell that will mark the closing. So I invite you, if you like, to shift your attention to the sense of hearing. So listen for the sound of the bell as it arises, as it rings out, and as it passes away. If your attention strays off of that into thinking or some other field, just notice that whenever you do, gently bring it back. And see if you can listen to the sound of the bell ringing for as long as you hear any sound from the bell noise coming. Until the softest sound of it has completely rung out. And then you can open your eyes, return to the group. It won't take too much effort, just a slight shift to awareness of hearing. Just allow the bell to come to you, come to awareness. And even as you're sitting with this instruction, notice if there's any leaning forward in the mind. If so, just allow yourself to settle back. Just trust the sound will arise on its own. So I'm going to explain a little bit more some of the instructions that I gave during this sitting period. So the main thing that we're, we're practicing is developing awareness of what's happening and we're using the body as the main focus or uh, anchor, if you will, for attention. But likely other things will happen just as uh, human life that happens. So different sounds or uh, thoughts or various things. And we don't actually need to push these away so we can know that these are happening, uh, developing awareness of whatever it is that's there in awareness. And then when they finish, come back again, kind of reconnect with the experience of the body breathing, body sitting, like that. So this noting that I was describing is just a way of supporting knowing what's happening in this moment. Uh, And in the Buddhist um, teaching, what we experience as our human life is actually the rapid succession of different experiences through our senses. And the senses are considered actually six. So the five senses are the ones that you probably learned in uh, kindergarten. So seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing. And then the sixth sense or sense door is considered the mind. So we see things, the eyes, when we're conscious, when the eyes are open. We hear things through the ears when we're conscious. Uh, We experience body sensations through the physical body. Smells, tastes likewise. And then actually we experience things through the mind. So thoughts, images, plans, remembrances. In fact, you could say that the entirety of time is experienced in the mind as a thought in the present. So when we remember things, that's a thought in the present. When we're planning things, that's a thought in the present. So all that we have to uh, attend to is actually happening in this moment through one of these six sense doors.
Now, when you're sitting there in, in this tradition, usually in the meditation, um, you keep the eyes closed. Sometimes if you're sleepy, it can help to keep the eyes open and kind of gazing downward a little bit. So usually what's happening is actually not in the field of actual sight. You know, if there's a vision, it's in the mind. Uh, also, more often or not, you're not smelling or tasting things until you, unless you get some little breakfast dislodged from your teeth or something like that. So actually, mostly what you're experiencing is through three different senses. So the experience of the body, that includes breathing, that includes itches, that includes uh, some other physical sensation of pain, the experience of thinking in its myriad of different forms, and hearing. So that's basically it, what's going on. <laughs> so do, can we know that uh, as it is in experience? And partly what we're developing in this practice uh, through awareness, through mindfulness, this heartfulness, I like this um, translation of this word sati, heartfulness, um, which is kind of bringing a warmth also to the awareness, a kindness, a warmth, an interest, is can we know with some distinctiveness what's happening in these different fields? So meaning, uh, for example, you'll be sitting there and there's some experience that's happening, uh, say, in the knee. And a thought might arise, my knee hurts. So that's thinking, okay? That's distinct from what the experience is in the body of tightness, of pulling, of heat, of wiggling, and so on. So it's really helpful to start to discern between those, to notice that the thinking about the physical body is different than the direct experience of the physical body. So you could note that as thinking, and then you could note this other one uh, as whatever it is that is appearing uh, in your experience at that moment. And if you don't know the word for it, it doesn't matter. The, the word itself is not important. It's actually just directing our attention to that experience that's helpful. So if you want to use that noting practice, um, I'll give you an example of what it might look like slash sound like. So it could be that you're using the experience of breathing as a basic place to rest the attention. And you can feel the breath wherever it's easiest to feel it. It could be just feeling the entire body breathing in and out. Um, If you like to focus more specifically, if that's helpful to you, you could notice at the belly or the chest, or some people like to feel at the nostrils, the air coming in and out. And then very lightly in the mind, like, you know, maybe 3% attention, 5% attention, is going to labeling that just in, out in, out, or breathing in, breathing out. And this is not a command. This is actually just noticing what is already happening. The body is already breathing on its own. Then maybe a thought arises, like, I wonder how long this meditation is going for. Uh, So you might notice then, okay, thinking. And then come back to the breathing, in, out, in, out. Then you might notice some sensation in the body, like uh, itch. And then you might notice yourself habitually moving to itch it. But then you remember, like, oh, notice the itch, what it feels like. So actually this this can feel like an incredibly courageous, heroic act not to itch. Uh, But get interested, like, well, oh, so this itch, like, what is that? What is that thing that usually compels me to move? And here's where, you know, the discipline of the form is that the stability of the body supports the stability of the mind and actually can reveal a lot about our lives. So something like an itch can be an incredible doorway into seeing into the nature of your entire life. Believe it or not, it's true. So then you just notice, like, what is that actually like, this itch? So then bring your attention to that part of the body where this itch is. So let's say it's, it might be in the, in the face. And like, oh, okay, it's like uh, vibration, it's like fidgeting, it's like uh, warmth. And then you might notice that you might have this, you know, the urge, maybe the hand starts to involuntarily start to move towards the itch. Say the itch is there, you know. But, you know, see if you can like rest that and just see if you can be in the fire of the itch, right? Notice what the itch is like. And then meanwhile, the mind thoughts might come about the itch. Like I have to itch. What's wrong with itching? I'm going to die if I don't itch. I got it, you know. So notice that's thinking. The thinking is distinct from the experience of the body. What is the experience of the body? 
So bringing attention to knowing what that's like through direct experience. Notice also that what we call an itch or what we call pain is not one solid thing. So actually there's a bunch of different sensations that are usually varying, sometimes very intense, sometimes weak. They come and they go. Sometimes you might be having this whole battle of the itch and then something distracts you. So someone next to you sneezes and then you think, oh, I wonder if they're sick. I hope they're okay. Right? So then thinking again, then you might come back to the itch. So it's okay, whatever it is that's happening, just noticing what that is as best you can in this moment. Now it could happen sometimes and maybe even likely that uh, you don't even get that whole in-out cycle. Maybe there's an in-breath and then mind is off thinking about problems or uh, about people at home or anything like that. And then maybe it takes a little while before you remember, like, oh yeah, I'm at IMS meditating, right? Okay. So that's okay. Whenever it is that you seem to wake up and notice that, then like, oh, okay, that was thinking. So notice that and then just come back again. And as much as possible, you could try to do that without flagellating yourself or blaming yourself or judging yourself because it's all, it's all good. It's all okay. In fact, if you have 500 times that happens during one meditation, uh, the positive framing on that is that's 500 moments of waking up that you had. Right? So 500 moments of coming back to awareness in this moment. And that's great. Each time that we plant that seed, it strengthens that quality, strengthens that quality of heart and mind. And it's all practice. So just being very patient with yourself, with your practice, uh, as we begin here, actually always, (laughs) but particularly as we begin. Uh, You know, don't expect um, perfection. Uh, Just putting in the gentle, persistent effort uh, which takes just such a slight effort, really. You know, such a gentle effort. You know, like the effort to hear the bell. It didn't actually take straining, right? You know, the bell sound just came. Just a very slight turning to attend to that. And then noticing how everything is coming and going and experience in this way. So I'll see if anyone has questions about the... Uh, meditation that we did this morning or about any of the instructions. Um, we can take a little bit of time to answer them now. And we also will uh, today actually have another period in the afternoon um, when there'll be a little time for question and answer too. So if you have a question, you can raise your hand and happy to try to answer. What do you do if you have the urge to go to the bathroom? So a couple practical tips is one is go to the bathroom before the sitting, (laughs) uh, if you can. So that's helpful, right? Um, And then um, otherwise, if you usually are someone who's able to wait for half an hour before going to the bathroom, then actually you could make that an interesting practice of noticing that, you know. I mean, all of this stuff, like we have this opportunity to practice with these very basic things like being hungry, being sleepy, having to go to the bathroom, right? So uh, notice, like, oh, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. And actually get interested in, like, how do I know that, right? Like, how do I know that? It's something that we train little kids, you know, when you're toilet training little kids, we're actually teaching them to become aware of the sensations of the body that indicate, like, I have to go to the bathroom before you actually go, right? (laughs) And then as we get to be adults, we kind of take it for granted. Like, do we actually know what is the direct experience of that? It's like, oh, it's tightness in this area, or it's pressure, or you know, something like that. Um, so I would say just get interested in that. You're like re- reacquaint yourself with the, uh, what you learned in toilet training of uh, <laughs> what's the experience of the physical body of, of that. Right? And similarly with hunger, you know, sometimes you get hungry and it's like, oh, I'm hungry. And then sometimes the thoughts will start, what's for lunch? And uh, I wonder if it's going to be good, et cetera, et cetera. Thinking. And then drop in the body and then notice, like, well, what does it actually feel like to be hungry? It's good to notice that, you know? How do I know that I am hungry? It's like, how do I know that I feel like I have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. How do I know that I am sleepy? Like, what is that actually like? So that's the recommendation practice-wise of that. And then, uh, 
yeah, practical application is to try to go before the sitting. That will help you too. Likewise, with many of these things, there's that same conglomeration I was talking about with the itch. You know, there's physical sensations and then there's thoughts, right? I wonder if I should get up and go now. Is that okay or will that disturb people? Okay, so that's thinking, right? So by and large, in the, in the hall, I'd say, uh, except for like extreme, extreme circumstances, everything is workable. So that includes even you feel like you need to move your body or you feel like you're hungry, you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. Practice with it, right? We promise that sitting will end within, I think the longest is like 45 minutes, right? You will be liberated from the uh, experience, but in this uh, in this forum, you know, then you get to see that, like, actually explore that, and very simple things can be very revealing uh, about our experience. So I'll say that also about you know physical the physical posture, and actually at two o'clock um, we'll have some more instruction about posture. But generally speaking, like we try to take a posture in which um, we can be as stable as possible for this period, and then kind of let it roll. So then probably the physical body at some point or another could be, has some complaints, uh, some pain arises. So then you get to notice that. So I would say just don't, um, if you can help it, uh, try not to habitually move every time that you want to. But actually bring attention to like, well, what's going on in the body that I want to move? Right? What does that feel like? And bring attention to that. Right? So notice there's tightness, there's pain. It's actually very liberating to notice it's possible for awareness to meet any experience and I don't have to take the habitual reaction uh, that's arising. Now this doesn't mean that you can't move at all, uh, particularly if you're getting into some like teeth gritting thing with it, right? It's okay, just relax. But if you're going to move, try and do that quietly, try and do that gently and try and do that with awareness. So in that way it folds into the practice too. So say you're practicing with some physical discomfort, a.k.a. pain. Uh, You're becoming aware of it, and then it feels like getting into some battle with it. And as you're becoming aware of it, I should say also, you can use something more neutral, like experience of the breath, to anchor you, to help you be more stable. So you don't have to go completely into the pain. So you can be like, in, out, touch into that, what it feels like. In, out, touch into that. In, out, touch into that. And, And the touching in can be right in the center of it, or it can be in the outskirts. So we're using this quality of investigation. And the investigation is not through intellectual thinking about it, but through using the power of awareness to see what is this really like beyond my ideas of this. So after a while of doing that, if it feels like oh, there's really this tension, this like real aversion around it, right? and you're trying to notice the thoughts in the mind versus the experience, then you might decide that you're going to move So then decide to move with awareness. So notice what it feels like now. If you can, you can even sometimes notice the intention to move arising. That's pretty cool. You can notice the intention to to move before you move. Then shift, move. Notice what it feels like as you're moving. Notice what it feels like in the new position. And the new position could be even just a few inches away. And then rest in the new position. Continue practice. So in this way, like keep it going. You know, keep keep staying interested. Keep staying with awareness in that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, awareness of sleep is harder. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, I know you can stand up, you can open your eyes, those things. But do you have anything else to share about it? Yeah. So awareness of sleep is harder. She's saying. Um, I think there are other people here who can relate to your experience. Yes. Um, so you do your best with it. And the things that you mentioned, yes, so actually in, in the hall, it's completely legit to stand up and practice. So if you start to feel sleepy, uh, among the practical recommendations, one is you can open your eyes and keep your eyes gazed a little bit downward so that you're not as drawn to being like, I wonder where they're from. I wonder what that shirt says. You know, so. Right, so just keep the eyes a little bit downwards. Just keep the monkey mind a little bit in check. And then you might still find yourself falling asleep even with the eyes open, right? So if so, you could decide to stand up. That's, it's harder to fall asleep while standing up. So when you do that, you just will notice your intention to stand if you can. And then you just stand. And then you just continue to practice in this posture. So just feeling your body, feeling your breath. 
And you could continue standing for the whole rest of the period. That's totally legit, right? And then whatever else, noticing hearing, noticing sound, noticing experience of the soles of the feet. So practically speaking, you can stand up too. And then actually this, this quality of interest is really helpful with this. You know, so get interested in what is it like to be sleepy? How do you know that you're sleepy? Kind of like, how do you know you're hungry? Or how do you know you have to go to the bathroom? You know? And again, answering this with awareness. So you know, does, does sleepiness fall like a curtain? Down like that? Does it start in the middle and kind of go outwards? Are your toes sleepy? Do toes get sleepy? What is that like when your toes are sleepy? Right? So answering this with, with awareness, getting interested in this experience. What is the experience of sleepiness? Is it different in the body? Is it different in the mind? What does that feel like? So it's interesting as we get interested and as we gain some facility with practice, because as I said, awareness can meet any experience. And kind of like how uh, you could know if it's a foggy day. You could know it's foggy. Right? It doesn't mean you're not seeing anything. You're seeing that it's foggy. So similarly, it's possible to be aware of sleepiness, uh, to get interested and to have some clarity about unclarity, too. So if you get interested in that, then it's all good. Yeah. There will be sleepy periods for everyone, pretty much. Especially, you'll see by the end of the day, probably half of you will have had a, some sittings of this kind of thing. So... <laughs> You can open your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it preferred to meditate with contacts in or without vision, or I guess with, with contacts? Oh, contact means like contact lenses? Contact lenses yeah. mm. I mean, for the sake of like moving around the center and things like that, probably it's helpful to have the contacts in. Um, as long as, you know, then... Uh, we usually recommend to close the eyes gently, so as long as that's okay for you to close the eyes, then um, yeah, contacts in is fine. It's good. It's good also because you know what we're gaining on retreat is both uh, what we learn while we're on retreat and we're doing a training that then is going to be applicable for your rest of your life when you uh, leave here. So then in some ways, continuing with um, the way that it would be, uh, like in regular life, you probably keep the lenses in, right? So you can see things and go to work and stuff, right? Um, so for that reason, then it's good to practice like with that, and I'd say, yeah. Speaking as a former contact lens wearer um, who was on retreat a lot, sometimes they may f- feel a little dry, especially if your eyes tend to be dry. And it, you know, if that starts to be an issue with your eyes being closed <coughs> and your contacts drying out, you could just address that according to your common sense. You know, it might not happen. So you see on the um, schedule that there's alternating periods of sitting and walking. So uh, you might wonder, what are you supposed to do during the walking period? And now we will tell you. So um, I w- will make a couple of announcements also first. The um, 2 o'clock sitting will have some instructions on posture, as Anushka has just said. Um, the sitting where Anushka said there will be some questions will be at 3.45 in the middle of the afternoon, right after the mindful movement. So we'll have a regular sitting and then a period like this one afterward. Um, Marilyn, the manager, will meet with people who missed the orientation last night. There were a number of people who were not able to come and listen to the manager's talk if you missed it for one reason or another, including being in a total daze and you feel confused about you know, orientation to the center or to your job or ringing the bell or anything like that, there'll be a chance to meet with Marilyn um, in the welcome room at 11.30 during the time when most of the rest of us uh, will be <coughs> sitting and meditating in here. It'll be a short meeting just before lunch. Um, in addition, most of what Marilyn said is available in the folder in your room, so... It's also if you're desperate for reading material or there's something you need to go over, you can pour over that. It's not very poetic as I know it myself. Um, There will also be a question and answer period um, for people who have never meditated at a retreat before or if you feel like you're really a beginner and there's stuff you want to know about 
retreats, uh, you know, the kind of ask me anything session in the walking period just before dinner, that's 4.30. So there'll be a Q&A at the 3.45 sitting. And then additionally, if you feel new and you just want to be listening to questions with other new people, that will be led by Emily and me. And I think because of the large number of new people, um, we'll do it in here. And that one is totally optional. You don't have to come and stay. And all of your doubts could have been cleared up by the Q&A that was the normal one in the sitting. So um, we're just offering that as additional support for people who feel new. So that's the, those are the main announcements. Um, and I don't know if anybody has questions about sort of logistical things about the retreat um, right now in your mind, do you? We might not be able to address them, but we might. Um, one in the back. During mindful movement, is a yoga mat needed? Yeah, there are. There should be enough yoga mats for everybody down. It's going to be in the lower walking room, which is underneath this space. And there should be mats there. Yeah, she's saying... Um, it helps with the amplification sometimes that there's a, should be enough uh, yoga mats downstairs in the lower walking room, which is where the mindful movement will occur. And one more question on the side. Yes. Yes. She's saying tomorrow is daylight saving, so that means tonight there's one fewer hour of sleep for everyone and. The center will adjust to that, and um, it'll just be the same schedule tomorrow as a daylight saving. So we'll try to keep you oriented in time and space so when you leave here you're not like Rip Van Winkle or something like that. But it might inspire some people to, again, we've had a great turnout at the early sitting today. I have to say you guys are great that way. And the other announcement is that the basket for the cell phones is here, um, which we have... Brought it, we were saying it's like a gun buyback program. <laughs> you put your stuff in here, and um, we'll clean it out periodically, or at least by the lunch hour. And we'll also understand if you don't surrender your phone that you are not going. You're not surrendering it because you need to keep using it. It's just because it's your safety blanket. But you're welcome to do this to join our project here, and we'll feel so proud of ourselves if you get, if we get lots of them. <laughs> we'll feel successful. Um, Okay, so walking meditation. To begin with, if you have been to many retreats and feel really um, secure and like you understand walking meditation practice, and also if you've been to Insight Meditation Society before and you know basically where you can walk, please feel free to go and uh, do your silent walking practice right now. Um, Otherwise... I will say that, remember Jean-Anne was saying last night that there's meditation in movement, that there's a lot of movement meditation just in uh, any ordinary day or any ordinary day on retreat. So walking meditation is actually moving meditation. It's meditation in motion while the body is in action. So I invite you all to stand up at your place here. And I also wanted to say about the there's, I know there's a one or two people on, on the retreat who may have physical conditions that make them need to go into the bathroom more often. If that's the case, then sit by and exit. That was an afterthought. It was something in my mind. Um, so as you... Actually, as we make transitions in postures, we try to stay somewhat connected through our body-mind, through the natural proprioception that the body has, which is the sense that we're really working with here is that connecting of the body and attention. So you can feel what it's like to be standing up. It's different from sitting down, right? Do you feel things in your different body parts where they're like kind of glad that they're not folded up anymore or something like that, like your knees? And just sense down through the body and invite kind of a feeling of Uh, being connected to happen. So walking meditation, we mostly pay attention to the legs and feet, but also just to the quality of being, of moving and standing. So it's a, it can be a whole body walking awareness and noticing the soles of the feet or the full leg, whatever works best for you. So we can start off by doing a basic 
the basic motion of walking is like a qigong exercise where you're swaying back and forth. So since there's also a lot of us here, you can just start off by doing that and seeing how that feels. It's an walking itself is an exercise in controlled falling down. So you start to put your leg out in front and you stop yourself from falling down by putting your foot on the ground. You might like to just lift one leg and take a tiny step forward and set your foot down and transition, bring the other foot near up to it. So you've done one step of walking meditation already. Um, You might like to do the noting or labeling practice that Anushka offered. You can do a little like military thing, like left, right, left, right, only with a gentler sound in your head than a sergeant. Um, You can adapt that, the precision of your noting and labeling to the speed at which you're walking. Like we do recommend a little bit of slowing down, like feel like you're strolling around the meditation center generally rather than sort of walking for a goal. Walking meditation, we pay more attention to the, like the process of walking than we pay to the goal. Like normally, say like you will feel a sudden agitated desire to get something out of the refrigerator and the next thing you know, your face is in the lighted box and you're like trying to figure out where the mayonnaise is and you never notice the, what happened between the time when that desire arose and you're in the fridge because you're completely consumed by the goal orientation of your activity. So in walking meditation, we come back and we're noticing the actual process of lifting, moving, and placing the legs and feet. So if you'd like to do lift, moving forward, placing, and placing can be a longer one, or you might say shifting, and you shift your weight, you'll see that the active foot actually has stronger sensations than the other one. So once you've landed in the weighted foot, then the other foot suddenly is lighter and it's available to take the next step. So you do that. And for walking meditation, we tend to choose a track that's um, probably no shorter than 10 steps. Like the width of this room, there's um, a dedicated walking space right outside here and people walk from wall to wall across it. So you sort of try to harmonize. There's this herd harmony that builds up. So, you know, to not get in each other's way or wander around in Brownian motion colliding with everybody. No, it doesn't necessarily work like that. The walking, um, the room where movement will happen downstairs is another place you can walk. You can walk in the hallways of the dorms. You can walk outside if you like, which can be very uplifting and helpful if you're sleepy. Just be careful with the ice. Um, it seems that some ice forms in the night and it may be softening by now, but the front uh, walk and steps are just places to be careful. In fact, I just read something that penguins being designed to walk on ice are very careful that they put their, they sort of lean forward a little bit when they're walking on ice rather than the way we walk is easy to slip out. So if you are on ice, you might pay attention to the whole body dynamic of how you keep yourself stable. It's an interesting exercise. Um, It's not necessary to stare at your feet. Actually, that seems to create a sort of... And there's something wonderful in the walking meditation because if you're a little bit, if your energy is getting a little sleepy, you can revive it and you can move maybe a little bit faster if you feel like you need more energy. And if your energy is agitated and excessive, it sort of uses up a little energy and calms you down. So it has a wonderful ability to balance out all the sitting and to let the body sort of be fluid and the legs and knees recover from just being still. So there's a lot of value in it and you can notice a lot of different subtle sensations about it. When you get to the end of your lane, we stop, like stop and then feel the sensations in stopping. And then it's a wonderful place to start to notice the intention to move because when you're stopped, you're like really stopped. And then it's like, how do I turn around? And what direction am I going to turn around in? And stuff like that. So you turn around and you feel the whole body swiveling around. It can be one of the really exciting moments on the, in the dullness of retreat. When you turn around and you see the other wall ahead of you <laughs> that you were walking towards and your whole like landscape totally changes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you, had to, you have to be there. You'll see. Maybe you won't like it as much as I like it, but I really love that moment <laughs> of turning around. Um, 
And with your hands, you can do anything that feels comfortable. They can be in your pockets. They can be clasped. They can be hanging. They can be behind. Um, they can be like this behind. If you like, it can open up your chest. Just see what works for you and um, what makes you feel relaxed. Anything else? It, sometimes you might start off more quickly and slow down in your walking. Um, and the other thing is do not wait until you've heard the bell to go to the bathroom because maybe that would, it's good to take care of that a little bit earlier so you don't feel like you have to rush or wait in a line. The retreat is pretty full. You'll learn these sort of tricks. Um, any questions? Yes. Uh, walking is not encouraged in the meditation hall. Thank you for asking. Yeah, some places you, in some retreats, we you exclusively walk in the meditation hall, or you walk around the cushions or something, but not so much here. Anything else? And I think the managers already asked that you not walk in front of the staff's cottages. And there's also an active driveway on this other side of the building here. And there's a request to not walk in that because sometimes the food gets delivered there and stuff. So um, it's not necessarily safe. Also, to not get too, like, if you're walking out on the road, to not get too, like, slow when you're walking. You know, just be aware of the cars that pass by. And they do come at a certain rate of speed in the country. They always seem to be going faster than I believe they should be going, you know. So just be careful and keep your, keep your global awareness happening. Yeah. Yes. They will ring the bell at the front here. But if you go farther away outside, then you have to pay attention yourself, like look and see when the next. The question was, is there, how do we know when the walking period ends? That there will be another bell. Bell ringers go around and let us, everybody know to gather back. And if you go quite far away, like taking a walk around the loop here takes about an hour. So it's not necessarily the best because you, uh, in terms of making it to the next sitting, generally it would be good to stick around here. And if you want to take a longer walk to do it after lunch, kind of the tradition because the schedule's made so that it kind of fits to do that. Oh, and be very, very careful if you're walking in the forest and the woods. It can It's really quite icy there. And uh, one of the retreat support people mentioned that she wouldn't want to walk on many of the trails without her ice picks that she straps onto her shoes or crampons that she has. So it could be actually dangerous to do that. And that's up to you. It's kind of your own safety. But we're issuing that as a just be careful We are coming back here at 10. Yeah, so in about 40 minutes. Okay, go forth and walk. (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.